Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Two guarantees you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 88 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. This show is powered by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic marketing development and execution to small to medium-sized businesses. And my co-host is the lovely Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm great, Megan. I've had a very productive week moving my boyfriend into the house and it's been wild. Ah, That's exciting. We did just see each other. Trying to think of how many days it's been since it's been like 10 days. Yeah, it's been like 10 days. (laughs) We left each other in Detroit after a, a fun little road trip. We went to a conference in Lima, Ohio, and then we drove to Detroit and went to a Tigers game. Yeah. So it was lovely to see you in person for the first time (laughs) in a year and a half or whatever. Our guest today is Cass McMahon. Welcome, Cass. Hi. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're going to talk about personal branding, and this is not necessarily a new subject for the show, but we always come at it from a different angle. And obviously, every human is going to bring a different perspective as well. So we're super happy. And the twist, I think, is about using it to drive sales. So we've got some good questions lined up for you. But before we get to that, I'm going to read your bio. Cass McMahon is the principal and founder of Know Better, Do Better Consulting, an organizational development firm relentlessly focused on building inclusive cultures while streamlining institutional processes. Cass partners with clients to create cultures that thrive in business because of their inclusivity. No better, do better consulting builds upon what clients do well while filling in the gaps of what is unknown to streamline processes, build healthy corporate culture, and create a sense of belonging. Because when organizations know better, they do better. Her 20 years as an award-winning sales and hospitality professional has fueled her passion for people, processes, and organizational culture. Her superpower is making sense of what may feel like chaos while developing business practices that put people at the center. The future of successful businesses hinges on their organizational ability to maintain a space where the members are seen, valued, respected, and protected. Love that. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) It's weird to hear it right out loud, like back sometimes, because I'm like, (laughs) wait a second. Like, yeah, I do all that. I do all that. Yeah. People tell me that they're like, wow, I, that sounds, I sound pretty good. That was like, <laughs> that was really cool hearing someone I'm say it. I'm a grown up. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, you know, I love the part about like you making sense of what seems to be chaos. Like that's oh, yeah. really cool. Sometimes it takes like an outside brain to see, you know, a solution to something that's like right in front of your face. Yeah. I think sometimes people just get so wrapped up in like the feelings that chaos brings. And so sometimes you just really need somebody to sit with you and just be like, no, there's a solution here here. Let's think about this. Let's think, have you tried this? Okay. We've tried those things. Let's try something a little bit different. So that way we can, you know, bring the heightened anxiety down. And then now we've 
created new process. We've created um, calm and a sense of, you know, heightened anxiety. It just, it all works out. But I think it's very easy for our feelings to get in the way of what we actually need to be doing and also what's in the best interest of your business. So, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I think we need to get her on Jess's radar for Social Media Week Lima 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely we'll agree. Yeah. Like Thank we're 30 you. seconds you so in. Yeah. She's already yeah. resonating. Oh, it's going to be a good right hour. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jen, kick us off. Okay. So I love this question because I think that it's very important for people to understand the difference of this. And I cannot wait to hear what you're going to say about this. So how do you differentiate what a personal brand is from that of a business brand? Yeah. So the key thing that I always come back to is you don't really work for a company, right? You represent a company, you represent a brand, but really ultimately you work for yourself, right? Like we're all trying to strive to have these um, work-life balances or rhythm to our life. And in order to do that, we have to be able to work for what's in our best interest, the best interest of our family, the best interest of our um, just sense of self and our humanity and who we are as a person. Some people call it their knowing, work in the best interest of that. And so when you think you work for a company, you're really working in the best interest of them. Um, And unfortunately, some organizations just don't put their people um, at the center. And so we, um, as individuals, have a responsibility to ourselves, I believe, to put ourselves at the center of what we do. And so your brand is doing that in every way. So, yeah. Wow. Plain and simple, in a nutshell, straight to the point. Absolutely yeah. amazing answer. And I completely agree with all of that. It's so important for people to realize the talent and skill that they bring to the table instead of, you know, whatever reputation or whatever else comes with the big, with the company. People mm-hmm. should hire for talent. You know, that's basically what you're saying is appreciate your own talent and, you know, keep demonstrating that. Yeah. I also, I think that sometimes when, we rely on things that are external to give us our identity. We end up being very lost. And that's been an experience that I've had in my career of, you know, I'm looking to my work or my job to validate things that are good about me, right? And right. if we come from a, a position of we all are have goodness in us and have ability in us, they're just different from the next person, you don't really have to worry so much about your organization telling you that you are of value. Now, do I think that organizations have a responsibility to do stuff? We can talk about that later. Absolutely. Uh, Like you can't just rain on people and make their lives miserable. You'll never have anybody work for you. But I also think that the employee or the frontline worker, whoever it is, has a responsibility to themselves and to their community to see their value in their work so that organizations are ultimately honestly held accountable. So that is a great transition into my question because I interviewed for a job not that long ago where the CEO told me that He had someone work for him that was so amazing. She was so tremendous. In fact, she was so tremendous that her personal brand became better known than his company's brand. Mm. And Mm. of course that hurt his ego, right? Like he wasn't 
cool with that. And now here I'm going through this process and thinking, well, I already have a personal brand that might be more well-known than your company. So is this going to be an issue? And sure enough, by the third interview, I was like, okay, I don't think I want to date this company. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work out. So it's not um, you, it's me. He made the decision also, but it took him 10 days to tell me, which also validated my decision to like, yeah, this isn't a good fit. Yeah. So we love hearing, as we mentioned, and we've talked about personal branding, but we like hearing different ideas from different people. So what are some tips that you can share with our listeners for how they can build a personal brand? Yeah, I think, so you were talking about dating. And so years ago, I read this book. I think it's like the seven levels of intimacy or something like that. It's Matthew Kelly. It's a great book. But the first thing is um, he said, you have to date yourself. Right. And I think that's a big part of personal branding is you really have to know yourself and be comfortable with yourself and understand like, you know, what are my values and what do I believe in and how am I going to show up? Because I think ultimately that leads to being more authentic and you put yourself out there, not as a representation of what you think you should be, but as a truly well-incorporated part of who you actually are. And people vibe with that. People pick up on that. People love that. I think that's why we watch people on social media. That's why we follow certain people because, you know, they, are really true to their authentic self. So I think that's the first thing is you got to like learn to like who you are. And, and I think also being able to say, you know, that's not who I am, right? I think we think that we have to be all things to all people. And that's really true at all. You can't, you literally cannot right. be all things to all people. So that's the first bit of advice is, is find your truth, live, be authentic, and also be brave in putting that authentic truth in the world, right? Because the world needs that. The world needs you, period. For yeah. sure. It's obviously, it's the words that you say. It's how you carry yourself. It's what you put out there. And as we know, social media has enabled us all to have our own personal brand. So if you're doing it right, mm -hmm. then that is kind of a, a thing that will lead to like, oh, like Christine Gritman, our friend, is all things red, like everything yeah. in personal branding is like red. She actually has a tweet chat called chat about brand that's on mm. Tuesdays at noon Eastern time. Um, if anybody um, wants to check that out, starting up again, Ooh, I'll after, have to check that out after yeah. Labor Day. Yeah, she's awesome. And so, yeah, she does a yeah. tweet chat on Tuesdays and then she does a live show on Fridays that is related to what that tweet chat was that week. But yeah, so it's funny because I always think about personal brand too, as being those physical things the colors. And mm -hmm. like, as we talked about, mm -hmm. you know, pink is your thing, but you didn't even mention that. Like, Absolutely. so that's not even at the top of the list, which I love. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I think, you know, it's very easy to think about like the, not easy because it takes research and time and, you know, you got to research the color and what do people feel when they see the thing? And like, all of that is super important. I don't want to downplay that at all, especially like whether it be corporate branding or personal branding. But I think like, if you fall into a color that you don't even like, then you show up already. You you've already are not on par with what your personal brand is going to be in the long term. And so, yeah, okay, well, the color pink like represents softness and, you know, family, like all these things to me, but they also don't necessarily mean the same thing to someone else. And I think that if I only looked at what it meant to somebody else, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as important. It's funny because I actually steered away from pink for a very long time because I was like, no, it's too soft. And that's not really who I am. And I'm a feminist yeah. and all these things. But then I thought about it. It's like, no, I really do. I love rose gold. And that's just, that's just what it is. 
that's just what it is. And that's, yeah. it doesn't have to mean to the world the same thing that it means to me. Right. But if, if associating it with you in, in a consistent way is mm-hmm. a piece of your, yeah. Oh, of your yeah, visual brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love pink too. Back when I first had my very first company, it was uh, probably back when we started this podcast, mine was kind of more of a, like a darker pink, very similar, but darker and it was loud. It was cool, but it was, yeah. you know, it, it was showing up everywhere. And then I like to complement it with yellow. It was fun. Ooh. It was a really fun brand. Yeah. It was cool. Like highlighter yellow. <laughs> that was a really fun brand. I like pink too. Um, so let's talk about sales. So (laughs) sales should be about relationships. Why do you think that personal branding is part of the sales process? Yeah. So again, like we don't, it is about relationships, right? And we don't just buy the relationship. We buy like, sometimes there's just like this emotional connection you get with things. And I think your personal brand can be part of that and connecting in an authentic and real way. Listen, we all hate Like, I don't know about you, but I hate the salesperson that is super pushy and telling me what I need and telling me, but that is like part of their personal brand, right? Like like overly aggressive. And so you're turned off by that. And then you don't want to have a relationship and you don't want to do business with that person. But if we lean into our own personal kind of like identity as our brand and merging those and having a synergy between that, then I don't have to be pushy. I can say you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm, my product is not for you and that's okay too. And we can still like, but it saves us both, honestly, a lot of time if we're really being (laughs) honest, right? Like (laughs) I don't have to convince you of something. You don't have to convince me of something because we both showed up authentically ourselves inside of this process. You know, people can look on your LinkedIn they know you're a salesperson you don't have to, you know, finagle them into the things, just show up and be authentic and be, be who you are. Like I, I think a, a long time for me, it was very hard to do that because I thought that I had to be salesy, right? Like I had to follow, you have to follow the steps. There's a process. But at the same time, when I didn't do the kept cleverly crafted email with all the right, you know, when I let my personality show through, like I just emailed a client, a phrase that my dad used to say to me all the time of, you know, she was like, thank you so much for your transparency. And I said, yeah, it's what we do. You know, it's like that showing up like that, people appreciate that. And maybe you don't close that particular deal, but they're going to remember that and they're going to come back to you. They, They will. I promise you they will. Yeah, they'll come back to you and they'll tell other people about you. And so maybe even if you're not for them, but they get Mm -hmm. good vibes off of you, they'll likely still keep you at the forefront of their mind and talk about you later on down the line um, when somebody Mm -hmm. else they know needs something that you can offer. And I think too about like, especially being in the consultant space, having that um, personal brand is that part of your personal brand is so much of who you are especially if you're like a solopreneur where you are the brand and sometimes you, you know, land on a project that doesn't fit necessarily, but they remember the interaction. They remember the, you being generous and genuine and authentic. And then here you are a year down the line and you're like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. This contract has ended. And here this person is like, Oh, I saw that you had this going on. And I remember when we talked about this and now I have this, I'm with a whole new company and they uh-huh. think that, and they have a whole new budget and here yeah. we come with a whole new project and it's the long game really, right? Exactly. You never know how yeah. you're going to be able to help somebody in the future. So yeah, 
Totally. I actually, yeah. I used to sell audiovisual production in the event space. Mm. And I had a friend who was on the expo side and we would be at events and he'd be like, Oh, I don't need to talk to them. They don't have anything for me. And I'm like, Ooh, what? Like, seriously, you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know where they're going to end up. Like, so I think, you know, as, so from that, I was like, mm, as a general rule, I think just be kind to people is kind of a, mm-hmm. like a good lesson, but shooey. So I guess, and at the heart of it is it like to go back to what you guys were just saying too, is to be memorable. Right. So mm-hmm. if a salesperson came to you for help with their personal branding, what are a couple of pieces of advice that you would them? Yeah. So I think like, I, I don't know, my biggest thing is be kind and smile. Because people remember that. I, I mean, I even say that and that even like triggers like, oh, well, not everybody has like the ability to like be happy in that space, but that's a whole nother conversation. Anyway, <laughs> so, but like, ha- like, I think also be happy, smile, um, have a firm handshake. Like those are the things that people really remember and communicate confidence. Um, I think sometimes we say be confident, but we don't really talk about like the things that in our body language and the way that we talk, the way our posture is, what does that look like? And so to me, like the firm handshake is definitely one of them, the looking people in the eye, um, the, when we were in person and doing more things, one of the biggest sales strategies that was taught to me was when you go to a networking event and you get all those business cards immediately when, after you meet somebody, carry a business card and a pen. And when you see somebody write down like a little bit about your conversation, and then that way, when you get back to your office, you have your huge stack of business cards and we're all guilty of it, right? We take the big stack of business cards and we throw it in the drawer. And then we have this project and we're like, oh, where did I meet that person? And you're like searching through the big pile, whatever. But if you take some time, write down what you remember about them. Like maybe you have both have small children. Maybe you both, you know, grew up in the Midwest or whatever that is. And then the next day, email them and say like, hey, it was great meeting you. I hope next time you're in Ohio that you look up ABC XYZ, right? That is memorable. And that's good communication. And it shows confidence, right? And people remember that as part of your personal brand, right? They might not remember what you look like, but they'll remember that you remember their conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so powerful. Yeah. So this brings to mind, so my process was I, I would definitely write down the event on there, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. hashtag for the event. So I knew like which PCMA it was or WC or whatever. The first thing I would do is send a personal note in the mail. Ooh, Snail yeah. Mail. Yeah. And Hand then I would, notes, man. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, people love that. Yeah. It's because it's just so rare, right? You're like, oh, I got real mail. It's got like handwriting on it. Like hey. it's not a bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's not a bill. Yeah. That part. Yeah. <laughs> And then I, w- I would give it uh, that a minute to breathe. And then I would send them a LinkedIn invite and that would let that breathe. And then I would email them. And so I was mm. like trying to not be overtly selling. I was trying to build that relationship and it could take a long time. You know how like in sales and hospita- hospitality space and events and all that, you can wait a long time to get an opportunity because people are in annual contracts and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it was for me, it was a long play on relationships that, mm-hmm. and sometimes I would get actually for my biggest sale. And then I'll stop talking about myself. The Oracle was my biggest sale that I got. I sold the Oracle open world show and I ended up getting a RFP before I had even followed up by email. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, I'm sitting in my cubicle. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Freaking out. Like what's 
what's happening this is so great I love it it yeah so awesome and and no one in the no one in the room that I shared the cubicle farm with truly appreciated what had just happened but that's okay I did end up getting the business so okay Um, congratulations yeah (laughs) thanks okay so we're at about midway we like to have a brain break so we get to something less heady so the question this time is what is at the top of your bucket list okay so it's been on my list for a while and only because it legitimately takes 24 air miles to fly there from Dallas, Texas to, but my bucket list is to be able to take a month off and go to the Shishils Island and just hang out like, and live like a local there. Okay. So I don't know if you're familiar. So like, think like Africa, right? So here's the Horn of Africa. You come down here, South Africa, there's Madagascar over here. And the Seychelles Islands is like right here. I've been mispronouncing it my whole life. I thought it was Seychelles. I think, well, that might be the Midwest coming out of me, honestly. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's both. (laughs) Who knows? No, Um, but, oh, like, so 24 24 hours of flying to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, it's like you fly to New York. Trust me, I've looked at the, but that is like my goal. But I don't want to go just like to stay at a resort. Like I want to do like local things, like unplug from the world, just like that, that is like the ultimate. That's, that's what I want to do. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. 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 I'm really excited. Jen, what about you? Well, it used to be getting over to Europe and doing the backpacking or thing and, and seeing all that, but things have kind of shifted a little bit for me and I'm starting to see things in kind of a different light where right now we're kind of transitioning into like a blended family type of situation where my boyfriend, he's got his kids that are grown. He has a daughter and son that are like early twenties. And then we have my kids that are like just getting into their teens and we're starting to do more and more things with the four kids all together. I think it'd be really fun, top of the bucket list for like all six of us to go take a week vacation somewhere none of us have ever been before. I don't know Ooh. where that would be, but I think that would be something new and fresh to all of us at the same time and just spend a week together experiencing something cool together. That's what I, I want. I love that. That's <laughs> so great. That's because it's creating like a new family memory. Exactly. Like, yeah. I love uh-huh. that. That'd be fun. Nice. You're such a great mama. So <laughs> I love the babies. I love the yeah, They're not babies anymore. <laughs> they're definitely not babies. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So mine is similar to Cass's, but uh, Maldives is my, mm. yeah. And on the water, kind of in one of those, you know, those oh. pictures you see with the walkway out and there's just those yes. like bungalows. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's 100%. Uh, I love me some tropical. Yeah island but I have I guess I have had daydreams of especially when I worked in event production I'd be in the war room and I and I would daydream about like living on an island and mm-hmm. I just want to move to an island and just have a beach house yeah. and a beach bar and then like not have to worry about anything <laughs> so but like yeah, giving absolutely. people drinks <laughs> so, <laughs> making people stay all day long yeah. Exactly. exactly. Daydream time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Okay. So Jen, let's kick off the second half. Okie dokie. So let's just go right on into it. So Cass, how does diversity lead to market share? 
I'm also a little bit of a statistics nerd, right? Awesome. Um, and so I think it's something like, I mean, the, the world is getting browner, more women and browner and blacker and more women and not paying attention to that diversity. Basically, it's going to leave you we leave you behind. We're also in a position, I think it's something like this generation that's coming up. So like people who are like zero to nine now, so even people who haven't even been born is going to be um, the most diverse, but also the most educated and the most wealthy and the most tech savvy. And so understanding like how your brand can bridge all of those gaps requires diversity, right? Like you have to have people, not just diversity in how we look, right? Because that's, you know, a given, but also diversity in how we think and diversity of like where we came from, um, valuing other experiences that are outside of our own because your consumer is not going to look like your consumer does now. It's not going to be that. And there's a lot of different demographics that are super important, but it's not going to be that stereotypical of the eighties kind and like the, the homogeneous family that all looks the same. Like that is completely different because of blended families like your own Jen, right? Like there's, there's difference there. And so if you don't pay attention to it, you're, you're literally going to get left behind. And so, I mean, the research just shows us that people see, I'm just all over the place. I have so many different ideas. I can't even get them straight. But I think that, you know, like Black women are the fastest growing wealth entity in the country right now. And we're also the fastest um, growing group of entrepreneurs. And so by not paying attention to that market, you're missing out. So yeah, you got you gotta somebody else is gonna do it. So yeah. everybody <laughs> just get on board get on board and let's roll. For sure. Yeah. So I love that you're the header on your LinkedIn profile, it says diversity of thought leads to inclusive experiences, and which I totally appreciate. And that goes nicely with this the next question I was going to ask you about, because diversity, you've you already touched on it. It's its many things, right? It's diversity of race, of thought, of gender. Um, so do you have any tips for our listeners on, on how they can get out of it? Well, and I'll, I'll back up a little bit, like Melissa Majors, who she connected us you're you you mm-hmm. are why she's Love. why you're you're on the show she's amazing and she yes. she talks about you know showing grace and because i talked about how very white a lot of the boards still are on companies and she said you know it's going to take some time to make change but if you're in one of those organizations because then she said if you go to a company like that then maybe you'll have the opportunity to help make change so mm-hmm. do you have any tips for our listeners for like how they can get out of, you know, if they're in one of those organizations, get out of that echo chamber to draw in more diversity to their organizations? Yeah, I think the key question, it goes back to what we were talking about before, right? Of authenticity, right? We have to be authentic in the why behind the what. And I, I think it also, the first thing really is it depends on what positionality you have within the organization. I think that the easy answer, if you're inside of an organization that is mostly homogeneous as well, say, or has like one primary dominant group, whether that be white folks or whatever that looks like, the thought process is that I have to do all the things in order to fix this. And I think you have to realize that you are one person and people have to have the want to, to meet you where you are and find those people who are an ally um, or even an accomplice. Like to me, an ally is someone who's like, yes, I stand behind you. Whereas an accomplice is like, no, let's roll. Let's do this. Like I'm in the fight with you. Um, I love that I've never heard that term before. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, follow my blog because I have a blog coming out about it in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks but yeah so I think that that's the that's the thing is like be on the hunt for those people who are accomplices inside of your organization who is like-minded already right in a positive way towards change and find those people and figure out what are they doing right how are they managing and coping what books are they reading what podcasts are they listening to how are they engaging and making sense of the chaos that is around you so that you can work together to not just cope, but thrive. Right. And I also would suggest reading Melissa's book. That would be another (laughs) suggestion. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And oh, I thought I had it right here. Oh yeah. The seven simple habits of inclusive leadership. leadership. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And follow my blog. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We'll we'll include a link. We'll include, share it with you. We'll include a link in the show notes for sure. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I feel like I just kind of rambled a little, but like. No, no, I think you did. Yeah. That was all good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I think it's, it can be hard if you're in an organization that change where change needs to happen to, Mm -hmm. you know, to want to help force change, Mm -hmm. but all those are really good tips. I think one of the things also is to realize like you can't, some people say Rome wasn't built in a day, but you also can't boil the ocean, right? You can see all the things that are systemic about the challenges that you have. And the easy, like this intrinsic response is like, this is wrong. And so I have to fix it and we got to do something, but you didn't get there in one fell swoop. So you're not going to get out of there in one fell swoop. It's going to take incremental changes. Maybe it's looking at our hiring practices. Maybe it's just looking at who is in the room, making the decisions that impact the, the business trajectory of our company, right? If it's only people who look the same and only people who think the same, then are we really doing what's best for our clients and our customers? If we're only affirming and there's no room for dissent and disagreement, then how is that the best product, right? Sometimes that just asking that question can be the lightning bolt that like puts thing on things because then you start asking the question in other areas, right? When I'm getting these candidates, why do they only look the same, right? Why am I only going to this university? What is, you know, you just start asking the questions when you're looking and mining for conflict and realize that you don't have to do everything one at a time. It really makes it palatable. I'm not going to say easier, but it makes it (laughs) achievable because you're not trying to do one thing. And I think taking the time to do real deep dive of what do we do well is so powerful because I think some organizations, you think that you're doing everything wrong, but there's a lot of things that you're doing right. You wouldn't be in business if you didn't do some things right. So let's hone in on that and fix the things that we can and do better. Love it. Oh, I love that too. Baby steps. They always say baby steps, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed by something, think about it in itty bitty pieces and it it just, it lifts the weight off your shoulders a little bit. Yeah. So true. So I know that many of us have probably almost all of us have, have worked with, you know, arrogance or somebody with an ego and there can be a fine line between confidence and arrogance. So what do you recommend people do to make sure their personal brand doesn't cross the line into arrogance? Have diverse friends. Cause they'll bring you down to yeah. the regular. They'll keep <laughs> it have friends that will, that think differently than you so that they can tell you like, nah, I don't really think that's a good idea. Or like, 
did he, what, what? No, like we don't do that. Right. Like I will hold you accountable. I think also, I I can't remember who said it, but somebody, it it was so powerful to me. He says, um, you have to be able to understand that there's nobody in the world who is as special as you, but there's also, you are not any better than anybody else. And being able to hold those two almost conflicting thoughts in the same sentence in the same side of your mouth, right? Like mm-hmm. makes it easier to like stay humble and not yeah. be arrogant about it. Because I think you do, you have to have confidence. You know, we sit up straight, mm-hmm. we look people in the eye, all these things, but we also have to realize that I'm not really any better than anybody else. Not really. And I'm here because I've had certain teachings. I've had certain people who influenced me. I've had mentors And the only thing differentiating me between them are maybe those privileges that they didn't have. And had they had those same privileges, then they'd be sitting in the seat, you know? Yeah, it's true. Very true. I like that. It's very humbling to think like that. I'm going to have to write that. I'm going to have to re-listen to this podcast and write that somewhere (laughs) in my house. I want my boys to think like that. It's so perfect. Yes, thank you. I love it. You should always listen back, Jen. We've had this conversation. Every time I'm like, take me to church during the recording. I end up listening to it three or four times because of the producing process, right? And then then listening back, I want to give myself a download too. We got to get that. We have to get our own numbers contributing to our downloads. (laughs) I love there, And there's always something to be learned too, because you know how, like in any conversation, well, and for me too, since I'm producing this, I'm thinking about like what's next. Right. And so I Mm -hmm. listening back is I always hear something that I didn't hear before. So there's that too. So, okay. So we have the final question. We like to ask our guests to recommend a book and you did in that show prep, you inadvertently recommended a book because you said this, this book (laughs) influenced you. So Mm-hmm. I was reading it last night and I was writing to, you know, as I was writing the last couple of questions and it kept sending me down a rabbit hole. And I was, so I was like trying to be very strategic, like in the table of contents, I got the Kindle book. So you can jump to, they're all hot linked in the table of contents. You can jump yeah. to, and I was like, oh, but it just kept getting me think about something else. And there was a comment talking about believing in yourself. And then it's like, if you were lucky enough to have a mom who believed, and I was like, ah, cause I lost my mom in 15. And so I, I was like, and then it's like believe all this stuff about belief and believing. And I'm, I'm on a personal journey right now. And it said, uh, belief is a force multiplier. And it got me all in my feels. So mm-hmm, obviously right now mm-hmm. too. So, but share what the book is. And then if you can, yeah. um, what are like one or two top takeaways that you think that people will get from it? Yeah. So the book is You, Inc. And honestly, I read it so long ago that I don't even know if I know who wrote it or remember, but it's You, Inc. It's amazing. Um, It'll be in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you for that that assist because I should have been more prepared Like since I even already brought it up. Yeah. So it's You, Inc. And it has a subheading that's basically about entrepreneurship and how to build your own personal brand. But really, it's more of like almost like bridges on like self-help. So it's also like the biggest takeaway that I had was about communication, right? I think so it says so often we communicate to be heard and not to be understood. And that is just such a, I've always just carried that with me of like seeking to understand, right? Am I communicating because I just want to be the loudest voice in the room or I want to convince somebody of what they need to buy or do? Or am I communicating because I'm trying to understand where you are as a human being, as a person, and communicate where I am as a human being, as a person. And so often that disconnect gets messed up because we we miscommunicate and we say words that we don't mean or we 
hold our bodies in a way that is tense and people take that as offense and all these different things. But if we hold on to as our part of our personal brand, seeking to understand where our clients are, where our customers are, where our coworkers are. I, I really do on it. Like I know that the rest of it will work itself out. I love that. Okay, especially, especially in the area of inclusion, right? Because yes. we're not really that different. We're really not that different. If, if you look at like people who are disagreeing with you in terms of politics, right? It's like at the end of the day, what is it the thing that you think that the other person wants. At the end of the day, we want our families to be healthy, happy, loved, fed, clothed, sheltered. All of these things are just part of the human condition. And so if we're if we're leaning into understanding that, then the, the difference dissipates and people do feel included and protected and like they belong. That's fantastic. Okay, I pulled it up. And now I'm off my soapbox. No, no, you're good. You're good. We love it. You ink the art of selling yourself the definitive guide to career and personal success. And the authors are Harry Beckwith and Christine Clifford. They co-wrote it. Actually, I read in the beginning, there were three books. They had each, one had written two and the other had written one and they combined it to create this book. So um, yeah, I recommend it. Obviously I'm like already, I'm already (laughs) halfway through it, but I've been hopping around because I was like, it it wasn't as easy. Usually I can like pull stuff out, but I was like, I just kept reading and I'm like, focus. focus." (laughs) And the chapters are kind of short too. So you can do a little, little here, a little there. It's great. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So what's the best way cast for our listeners to find you? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, which is nobetterdobetter.co.co. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform. It's actually, honestly, how I met Melissa, to be honest. Um, Yeah. So just Cass McMahon on LinkedIn. Very easy to find. And then you can follow me on Instagram at nobetter2dobetter. And that's it. That's where I am. Love it. More to come. Follow the blog. I've got I've, my newest one is the inclusion puzzle. So how do we do our part to be part of the inclusion puzzle? It's great. Fantastic. Well, yeah. we appreciate you so much. This has been a wonderful episode. I know that so much value provided to our listeners. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all are creating a really amazing space and a great community. And I just, I'm really honored to be a part and to be here and to be a member of your success. Oh, well, you know, you said, because when organizations know better, they do better. And then I was like, and then she named her company that. And because one of the things that I've been saying for the past year is that I want to be better. I want to do better. That's been my personal thing, especially with this podcast. So having a diversity is a priority for me over yeah. the last year. So thank you for being a part. I think the key thing that, and part of the big reason why I made my company what it is, is because I started having more and more conversations with people around race, around gender difference, around intersectionality. And what I realized is because we live these experiences every day, sometimes we don't know really truly the impact that they're having on us because you you live in your skin and so you don't have the space or time to really like be outside of it right it's hard to disassociate yourself from your identity and so they you just get in these habits and it's really just because you haven't had the time space or even maybe even the energy or education 
to learn to do better. And so you just keep doing things and it's really some, most of the time to your detriment or to the detriment of your community, but it's truly because you just do not know. It's not because you're malicious or mean. It's just, you just don't know. And organizations have the same problem. We've, we all say the same, same thing of, well, that's just the way we've always done it. And it's like, well, but why? It's not working. It's because we never thought to be creative and diverse in our thought to do something different. Get rid of the box. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The box or outside the box, just get rid of the box. Get rid of the box. <laughs> get rid of the box. Or draw all on the inside of the box, rip the box open, right. find a new <laughs> hole in the box. Could just do the things. Yeah, do yeah. the things. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Thanks again. Oh, we could talk. We just keep talking forever. I know, so, but we I'll could wanna... keep talking forever. <laughs> All right. We will have you back on the reunion and we'll get some more nuggets of wisdom. Thank you again, Cass, for being here. All right. Thank you, Jen, my trusty oh, sidekick. <laughs> Always such a pleasure. All right, friends. This has right. been episode 88 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time. Bye.